for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Hill Recording Podcast, episode 53. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? How are you today? I'm good, man. You uh, you brought a little surprise down from our buddy uh, Bobby with Fourgate, man. Tell I us did. about that. Man, he caught me the other day and, and brought me out a sample of some stuff that is, isn't even out yet. It was, uh, it's a seven-year batch cooked up in a cognac barrel from That split-stave stuff? I don't know if it's split-stave or not, man, but this stuff is good. So we started out with that, and I don't have any left. Yeah, it is. It's really, <laughs> really, really smooth. Yeah, that yeah. Fourgate stuff. If, I'm uh, telling you. If you haven't heard the Fourgate podcast, you need to go listen to that and go out and get you some. Yeah. But we are uh, we didn't have much of that, so we're going to go with Knob Creek 120 single barrel uh-huh. uh, for for the rest of the podcast. It's not a bad second. And man, I tell you, I'm pumped tonight. We got a, oh, we got a hot up and comer. Got Derek Day with us. Derek, what's up, buddy? Woo! What's up? <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Let's get this party started. Let's do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh so happy to have you here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm very Hey, what I hear there? You you playing us some uh well, music? Yeah, well, I mean, I, just for fun, last minute I had everything set up and I had this little interface and I was like, well, I could just plug in like a little piano here in the so if you start telling any sad stories, you got to play in a minor. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you know, just lead us in. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It was a rainy day when I first learned how to play. Yeah. An instrument. <laughs> nice. Nice. So you have any uh, beverages with us tonight, Derek? I do. I do. Uh, I know you guys have your traditions to have a little bourbon with you, but I only had just a little bit of uh, Jack Daniels left. Uh, I even have the bottle is like wrapped in a cool little bag, but yeah, you know, your classic <laughs> cheap whiskey. And, um, am I, am I, uh, correct in saying that Jim Beam is actually from Kentucky as well? Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a staple around here. Actually just south of where we're from. Really? There's something, something like 95% of bourbons come from Kentucky. Yeah. Ah, man. I love so, Jim. And of course I love Maker's Mark, my top like two. Oh, yeah. Bourbons, Kentucky bourbons, and Nod Creek is amazing. Yes, yeah. and then I tell you, man, uh, being in LA, just to have some 
being the spirit enough to have some type of whiskey with us is a is a big kudos. So cheers, yeah. man. Cheers and cheers. thanks for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, cheers absolutely. <laughs> it's 3 p.m. over here. This is this is my part, my perfect weekend. time, right? In your- <laughs> my weekend started on a Monday, 3 p.m. <laughs> oh yeah. Doesn't get much better than that. We're glad to assist you in that. <laughs> So, Derek, why don't you start us off by going back to childhood for us and telling us about your first memories of music, uh, at, you know, what you remember early on, and at what point did you realize music was going to be something important in your life? Absolutely. Um, well, you probably could hear the the ambulance in the background, but anyway. Uh, um, as long as they're not coming to get you, man, it's fine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, I, I was just... Uh, I don't know, like my mom, she's from Honduras and she like, I was born and raised in LA, but she, uh, she would always play like disco around the house, like Off the Wall by Michael Jackson and like ABBA mm-hmm. and the Bee Gees just on Sundays, like super loud while like making breakfast. And so that kind of happened to me when I was like two or three, I was like getting all this crazy melodical things in my head. And then my dad showed us like cashmere on like 95.5 KLOS, like listen mm-hmm. to this and like some Stevie Ray Vaughan. And we we're like, damn, this is so cool. But none of them play music or perform, but they just like happen to have great taste. And ever since then, me and my three older brothers, we just started playing music and I kind of just kept going with it. And they they kind of pursued other things. But I just went on to just kind of tour the country and then later the world. And it's just been a crazy journey. You know, oh, I started out playing on the street, you know, like for like 10 or 11 years to get my chops and stuff, just performing street performing wow. and, and that's pretty much it yeah i had a couple record label deals and you know two or three of them fell through i'm in one now that's amazing and we're just finished our album and we're gonna have some stuff released and i have a single of course coming out in the coming month or in the coming few weeks so yeah a lot of stuff oh, yeah. going on <laughs> how old were you when you started doing street performance i was just about 13 i was like uh, i learned the guitar when i was like nine but then I like learned what video games were. So then I like sucked. But then my like my <laughs> Xbox broke and I was like, I got to start playing guitar. So I like learned all these Cream songs and like Hendrix songs. And then I was like obsessed with like wanting to show people because I like learned these songs at a young age. I guess you're such a sponge. I'm like, I got to show everyone. So yeah, I was 13 years old, like immediately like did Santa Monica, Third Street or Venice Beach just every single weekend, weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and like just constantly like performing and slowly getting better gear through that money and like just learned how to, you know, try to keep an audience from walking to the shopping center kind of thing. And so that was <laughs> yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. For, and then like I kind of slowed down around when I was 17 just to start real bands and have like, um, you know, like try to write more music. And I still went though till like until basically everything closed down. Really? So up until all this, you were still kind of every now and again going out and just doing the thing? Yeah, just for the hell of it. It's like, it's such a, it's, it's something That's like, cool. yeah, just to keep, just keep me humble and to make sure like I know how to keep a crowd, like a random crowd. <laughs> and, and you're, so uh, we got to talk a little bit more about this too. You know, you, you threw a lot of, you went through your whole life, man, oh, right there yeah. in, in about two minutes. And I want to slow down, Derek. <laughs> slow down. The podcast isn't over yet. Do you have man. a date tonight or something, Derek? <laughs> it's 3 p.m. there. He's got nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in California. They're completely shut down in LA. He, yeah. he can't go anywhere. 
Well, yeah, so yep. you started playing the guitar at nine years old yeah. and it's, took a little break, came back and got serious about it. But but in that yourself, I mean, you, you're not, a, you didn't take lessons, right? No, not at all. I mean, my older brother, um, he like learned some stuff and he taught me those, some like big rips and some cool licks, but everything else was ear training, self-taught and that was it. Yeah. I that, think I know why his brothers pursued... We went other directions. Yeah, they, they showed probably, him everything he they, had. Yeah, they he showed Derek, and he probably up. just went, went, you know, <laughs> miles above their head, and they're like, hell with this. I'm right. done with it. My kid brother just killed me. <laughs> it took me four years to learn that run. He did, and I showed him, and it's, he learned it in 14 seconds. I showed him 14, 14 lead licks today, and he learned them all overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it easy? Did you pick up the guitar pretty quickly? Yeah, you know, it, it actually kind of just felt really natural. It was just like riding a bike. And so was singing, too. They both kind of happened simultaneously. And I kind of got my chops singing, just singing uh, guitar solos. I didn't really ever sing lyrics. I just started singing along to, like, Sweet Child of Mine because it's so melod melodic and all these Hendrix solos are so beautifully written. It really taught my voice uh, elasticity and how to, like, go up real high and, like, how to, like, kind of hold notes and... That's something I would recommend to any beginner singers. Just sing instruments. I've never in my life heard anybody say that, but it is it genius. Makes sense, oh, it? that makes yeah. absolute sense. I never even considered that would be a way to, I don't know. I you know, one thing. You uh, might look a little crazy, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> until you start singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so performing on the streets, like how much of that, uh, that time and that experience, do you carry with you now? Like when you're stage theatrics and, and you know, you're performing now. I mean, what what, what do, you, do you feel like you learned in that 10-year period? Man, so much. I learned, like, like, first of all, like now I'm like, I'm so happy to play on anywhere that's not cement. Like, I'm just so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, you really build a thick skin. You know, like you people, I've, I can't tell you how many times like on a Sunday brunch, you got like these college dudes that are just already drunk. They come by and they're just like messing with you, like taking your gear, just like jumping in front of the mic or like, you know, like some crazy homeless dude just like grabs my bucket and runs away. I have to like chase them. There's so many oh. times I had to like fend for myself. And luckily my dad was there because I was underage. I had to have, like, my dad. But at some point, like, you just have to, like, boom. You just have to deal with all these, like, crazy people and or, like, just major rejection. So I guess it taught me a very strong sense of um, uh, just, like, honing zen and calm. Just be really calm. And so when I'm on stage, I have nothing to fear. I have no one coming up to, like, unplug my mic or sound police to be like, hey, like, there's other performers around. You're on a stage, so like literally, there are no rules, and I guess it taught me how to be like a kick-ass stage performer, and as well as other things like how to deal with rejection or how to like grab as many eyes as you can. You know, like ro I roll on, roll around the floor, run across the street, jump, climb a tree during a solo, and like just do whatever I can to get like <laughs> fifty bucks, and so it was pretty cool. So how was uh? I don't, I, you know, I don't know. No, I don't. It's not something like I need to ask permission, but how do you make that leap to go? I'm going to go down here and hey, dad, come with me. I'm going to go open this guitar case and just start going. Um, I guess growing up in LA, you probably saw that uh, a little bit. So that may have 
influenced you to be like, hey, this is something I can do. But what a great dad, too, if he's sitting out there with you every no Friday, kidding. Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. No, no kidding. Seriously. Yeah. Super supportive. I like, you know, I can't even thank him enough. And my mom, too. They're both there. My mom, of course, was a little like, oh, I want you to go go to college, please. But after a while, <laughs> she's like, no, this is, you love this. I'll support everything. They come to all my shows or most of them. And, uh, and yeah. And like you, you hit the nail on the head. I pretty much saw it as a kid. I saw like these guys drumming on the street. I'm like, this is so cool. And like, they're t- giving them money for this. Like something clicked right there. I was like, I want to do that. And then, um, but yeah, no, I, you don't really just jump in like full, you know, like I definitely started the first couple of street gigs I played, I would just, I found like a dark corner <laughs> just so like, <laughs> I'm not right in the middle of everyone and just kind of ease my way into it. Hmm. Oh man. I could imagine though, by the end of, well, even the next time that you decide, if you ever decide to jump back out there, how entertaining it would be to walk up on that corner and be like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, I, I came across the street video today and kind of went down the street video rabbit hole trying to find Derek Day street performances. <laughs> and they're they're on there. You can find them. What, yeah. what you really what you really uh understand if you go down that rabbit hole is how much talent there is. I'm sure Derek, you've probably been I remember you we've been in Chicago and seen those drum lines outside of Wrigley Field and they're unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. talent that it's unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. When we were in Spain outside of one of the cathedrals or something, a guy was playing acoustic guitar and and sing an opera and damn near bring you to tears wow and you're thinking you're thinking why is this guy in this street corner you know doing this but i guess you know maybe he just loved it i don't know when that sounds like you derek it sounds like you actually just love it oh my god of course absolutely <laughs> god i don't know how to do anything else so and man that sounds crazy a guy playing acoustic and singing opera that's like innovative. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, classical guitar and and you know, he had this uh he had this corner. He must have found this corner for the acoustics because it was just beautiful reverb. Really? Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. Wow. Oh, that's nuts. So man, uh I, I like Brad have went down a Derek Day rabbit hole myself and have been listening uh to a ton and watching all the videos and stuff. And what blows my mind is how dynamic you are as a performer, number one, but the variation of style in every individual song, there nothing is ever straightforward. It's not predictable, but man, it just grabs you. It keeps your attention constantly. What, what are your big influences? You mentioned, I don't know if off the wall, you've mentioned off the wall, uh, right. and even some of your stuff has that old school feel to it. And then you got this, it's so unexplainable. So where did your styling and influences come from? Man, um well on on a on a performance level, um I, I guess I would say like I mean I would watch a bunch of like Stevie Ray and Double Trouble like cuz he has this one version of you better leave my little girl alone and it's just like snarling you, he's sweating every lyric is a sweat drop of sweat and like um it's just like watching those guys taught me how to be so like just emotive and be like really all the way in. And, mm. uh, and you're right. Like I, uh, just performance wise, like not necessarily Michael Jackson, but like, yeah, the, like Stevie and like, like, um, 
trying to think. Like, of course, like ACDC Angus would like spin around the floor and kind of like really be electric and all that sort of thing. But also like I, oh man, I actually had a, a privilege of um, taking these summer school classes. Um, these guys from Cal Arts came to my school and like taught uh, uh, the musicians and like how to, like just about like deeper, um, just more artistic types of styles of music. So like that's when I got into like Frank Zappa and like Tom Waits and like um, even more David Bowie and stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is like crazy. I was like more blues and maybe like metal almost. And then I heard these like mm-hmm. jazz kind of dudes kind of like, but like weird, like funny smelling jazz. And like, um, I don't know, I guess it kind of uh, subconsciously it peeks through like the the music I write in a weird way, you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to explain. I would just say that, you know, performing wise, everything just comes from being really, really present and excited. And it just everything else is I don't remember. I just like black out and I wake up, you know, in the in the river somewhere. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, I was I thinking, it. you know, uh, you, you were talking about picking up an inner zen from the street. And I'm thinking, well, you might have an inner zen, but... On, on the outside, you're full throttle. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, it, it's, it's, uh, man, it's so engaging. Uh, you know, you can't, it's, when you can't take your eyes off something, it, it's, it's good and it's engaging to be able to, to see somebody that emotive. And, and it really is kind of like a little, a, a bit of a master class in, in performance because you don't get a chance to see that much. If you go into a local bar or, well, when you could and you watch music, you don't get, you see, you know, standing and you seem to put on a performance and a show that is so engaging. I keep saying that word. I'm sorry. I haven't said it in 52 <laughs> podcasts. I've said it five times on 53. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we ought to, uh, we got to play some listeners here. We got to play some Derek Day. Let's oh, do wait, but you know what? Playing, I, Neil, Neil, to that point, you just, I just thought of this quote from Paul Stanley from Kiss. Oh, sweet. He, he just said, I just saw like a brand new interview. He's just like, they were like, what made Kiss Kiss? And Paul's like, you know what? We would go out to shows before we were like a big band or anything. We always felt like we were gypped. Like we bought these tickets, but we came out with like an empty bag, you know? Like these guys were too cool for school. We wanted to be the band that like we wanted to pay for, that we wanted to see kind of Mm. thing. I just thought that was like, that's so sick of Paul Stanley to say that. It kind of reminded me like what you were saying. Like we just want to... Just be what you want to see, and then like, boom, hmm. you know. Sorry, Damn, I didn't mean to interrupt. That is a, no, that's killer. I actually love that. And that's you know, and that's awesome. and you pick that up. If if uh, if a performer's having fun, you're going to have fun with them, and you know, you're obviously having fun, and you're everybody's going to have fun watching you. And you know, I've watched uh, I've watched the another day video probably 10 times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes! I I figured we were going to open. You know, we'll open up with another day, and then you could tell us uh, a little bit about it after we listen to it. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed about, it seems like all your songs, they take you on a journey. Uh, You don't don't get stuck in a rut through a song with uh, Derek Day. Mm -mm. It goes different places. (laughs) It does. Yeah! Awesome! (laughs) All right, here, let's listen to, uh, let's listen to another day. Criticize 
embodiment of sin in me. I read bottom to Disgusting. That's disgusting. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. Hey, listeners, you, you got to listen to the whole song. It's not even the same song by the end of, uh-uh. of the song. Watch the, the video. The video. Oh, yeah. Go watch the Another Day video. Oh, my gosh. Tell you, us a little bit about this song, Garrett. Man. Oh, cool. Thanks for those 10 views extra. <laughs> <laughs> I really need those. <laughs> man. Another day. Wait, man, you guys have great voices. You're singing along, and I'm like, like, wait, are you are you guys musicians? You musicians, huh? Like, you play music? We pretend, uh, a little man. Bit, yeah. We pretend. That's awesome. That's killer. Um, but yeah, no, that song was. Uh, I remember writing that like that whole thing in a span of like a couple of hours. I think it was like New Year's Day, and I think I just had like a a bit of a headache when I wrote it because you know. New Year's Day, you don't wake up fresh seven in the morning, like ready to go to work. Uh, <laughs> no. but, uh, but it was it was one of those that just it kind of sounds like I'm hungover. So when I'm singing it, that was kind of the vibe I was going for. But um, mm. but uh, it's about kind of you know living in LA. I was born and raised here, and I moved around a bit. But um, you kind of go to these Hollywood parties, and you see a lot of certain types of people, certain cliques, and. Uh, people from LA, they're they're all from all over the world. So there, there are a lot of great people here, but the, there's a lot of also like click groups and maybe kind of isolating kind of people. And that's just something I've learned. And a lot of fake people, a lot of big business, like step on you to get to the top. And 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 at the end of the day, there's a lot of criti- uh, critics, whether they're like um, professional or they're just your nemesis or your uh, you're uh, someone in your band, your best friend. Um, the closest people to you can like just be like, I've just learned can be kind of, you know, not your best, in the, in your best interest. So it's just something I noticed when going to Hollywood parties. I uh, made a lot of friends. And when I was finally out in the scene, I noticed that, you know, a lot of people are fake. And I was, the whole idea is the the name itself, Another Day is kind of a play on my, my name because... Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. people talk That's about really cool. they talk about me it's a, it's a different day it's another version of me kind of thing um, mm. but I'm also going to read what, I'll read about what they write in the paper another day I'll, I'll, I'll listen I'll care about it some other time but if, if you notice the song will always say another day which means I'll never ever listen to them <laughs> <laughs> it's the wor- wormhole it's a paradox that never ends <laughs> I'll, I'll read about it some other day but it'll never get here oh man <laughs> so if you just spit that song out uh, you know the 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 changes and the your your writing style. Yeah, what where does that come from? How, what's the process look yeah. like? What how do you 
What's your process when it comes to writing? There's so many, I'm sure you guys know, there's like, there's no like real, like one set uh, thing, you know, like it, you could write a song with a stick and a rock or with just one harmonica, you could like start really writing a song, which is actually how I wrote Fine Lines. We'll talk about that later. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this was like, you know, I feel like the, uh, the, as I always have this just like one rule with songwriting, just be as honest as you can be, be like, it's just so real like really be disgustingly honest and to the point where you're like, ooh, you're kind of scared by your own honesty. And then the rest will follow. Usually it's a melody that comes first. In this case, I was actually at on the piano and um, I like totally just started playing like, I mean, I have like this whole little... You got a piano, man. Play it. I got, yeah. <laughs> I was just like really like oh like my head hurt and I was so annoyed with all these people like where, the party I was at last night I, I think there was some form of drama involving friends friendship ending and all sorts of people just being fake and not cool and woke up the next day and I was just like ah babe there's nothing too hard to what you criticize it's like I barely could speak these all <laughs> equations up and stuff. I need water. I need to drink <laughs> electrolytes. Mm. Oh, dude. Are we going to settle this embodiment of sin and me? I read bottom to top because nothing seems to stay the same. It's all flipped upside down. Oh, that's okay. I'll read about it. I'll read about it. So that whole process. <laughs> yeah. When you're hungover, you're like really, I don't want to say I was hungover, but <laughs> when you're just tired. <laughs> you're you're foggy. How about you're foggy? foggy, foggy. There you go. You're foggy. <laughs> you're fatigued. And you're like, and you're just tired physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You're the most honest you can be. So this was one of those songs that came out real fast. There's other songs that I have released where I actually had to work on it for months on end and I really was meticulous about each lyric. But this one was just like, bleh, here it is. And all the changes like, bleh, just because of my body, my spirit felt tired, which felt honest. Mm. And um, Probably didn't have any resistance, man. He was like, yeah. your body didn't allow you to even resist whatever was you were writing that day. You need to put yourself in that state more often. No kidding, man. Go party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know. that's awesome, man. That that put that really kind of just puts you right in it, man. That, that makes a ton of sense. Who's uh, with Derek Day in the playing the music there? Uh, that's um, just some really really good friends. This, this uh, my boy from uh, Philly. His name's uh, we call him Stakes, but Stephen Lyons. He plays the bass on that, and um, uh, just on the record just an incredible bass player. I went on tour with him for like Ted Nugent and Living Color and stuff. And and then my other boy, my best friend since we, uh, oh my God, I didn't, I forgot he played drums on us. His name is Nate Contreras. He has this like uh, online persona for like, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but he plays, he plays this guy named Tabasco Sweet and like, he's this like big online personality now. But we've been friends since we were like 13, 14 we started our first band together ever. It was called Garage Garbage. 
it was literally like exactly what it sounded like. And, and, uh, and yeah, but he plays drums on that. And it's just, yeah. And then, of course, it was recorded at Secret Asian Man Studios in Echo Park. Uh, it's, it's really incredible. Um, keyboardist, all-around multi-instrumentalist, Walter Eno. He played for Survivor, The Babies, Eagles of Death Metal. Um, <sighs> incredible engineer and producer. Um, wow. And he played keys on this on this record, too. So, yeah, that's just who's on it. But in my current band, who plays it every night, or did, and in the video is Alan Toka. He also went on both tours with me. And and uh, Leanne Bose, who's a just, I think, Wow, I think she's also... I can't remember where she's really from, but we're all like here in LA and we're just jamming. We just filmed the other video too. And yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the, the group. And they play in the... Uh, I don't remember the exact title, but the Live from the Van or something like that. Jam yeah, in the jam Van in the or van. something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, who plays on that record. By the way, Dude, Jam, jam in the Van. Record. Oh, cool. Killer. Yeah, they... I they, loved it. They gave me... Um, a not Nods Creek like whiskey, like um, all right, just to take home. Like that was really cool of them. I was like, damn, and I was like, Woo, I had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that is a. Uh, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed listening yeah, to that thing that a couple times. Yeah, it was awesome. That's another good one to watch. It's about what a twenty minute yeah. video, four song. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hey, we we brushed over a little bit of live stuff earlier, but one thing I noticed uh, when you there's there's a live video that you have on your website, and it is captured from kind of like the back right angle of the stage behind you, and you can see the drummer and and your bass player, mm-hmm. um, and you can a lot of times you know you can get the, you can feel, when you get shots like that you can see what the audience is doing in their interaction, and most of the time these days they're holding up a phone or looking at a phone. Right. And the one thing I noticed is there's all you see is eyeballs. Yeah. They're, just, they're mesmerized with what's going on on the stage, man. And that's part of what we talked about earlier with stage presence and stuff. But, it, you know, that's that's one thing you don't see much. You see a lot of live videos these days. And even if a live music video is is the rollout for a new release, you still see the, the phones and the phone cameras. But right. I'm thinking about that video. I don't remember seeing any phones, man. I just see eyeballs and people like, what am I watching? This is crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. The memories would be better than the video on your cell phone. No kidding, man. So is that yeah. is that a uh, do you notice that? Can you is that normal for you to be playing? I'm sure you see the phones these days a lot, but do you ever like notice that people really don't have their phones out when you play because they're kind of way more engaged? Absolutely. Like I make it a point to make as much eye contact as I can with anyone I can see. And it's just a really weird, it's like a, a really awkward experience when I do that. People feel like, well, you're like looking in my eyes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just something I definitely notice when someone do- doesn't have a phone. And um, it's my favorite thing in the world. Especially like, of course, even when we're out in restaurants and stuff or when we were, just like when you see someone with people just engaging and not even trying to look at their phone or just trying to be together and that's actually the whole premise of click on me that was like the whole the next single um that's about like being on your phone like the whole time um, yeah that'd be the next one we need to listen well, let's to. listen to that one because i that, I, I gotta go for he it. he flippantly threw out when i was touring with ted nugent <laughs> and living color, <laughs> oh, yeah. living color. so h- how did you go from 
playing on the streets from 10 for 10 years and then you know playing some pretty good venues there in LA to touring with bands like Living Color and Terrible Ted I have to thank <laughs> Terrible Ted <laughs> Terrible yes. Ted dude the Nuge man the motor, Nuge. motor city um, motor city madman yeah oh man I have to thank Steve Vai for di- for doing this he was the guy like he, um, I, you know, in LA, you meet all these, you, this is like the spot for music. If you want to like meet the right managers or the wrong managers, you meet all sorts of right and wrongs, <laughs> but I happened to meet the right one. My manager had a connection with Steve and his people and he worked, used to work at RCA and like, uh, he, you know, Steve's people worked at RCA and stuff. So he, we had an in. So all we did was send like a really, really bad, like, like, like terrible phone recording of me playing Pride and Joy by Stevie Ray on on the street. And I know which one. I could like find that link too. Um, and it's even colored c- terribly. It looks like it's like in re- it's like in black and white. But um, we sent that to Steve and we're like, please, 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 please can we open up for you? Just like one show. And um, Steve Vai like gave, he gave me a chance. He's like, yeah, sure. Come up for the rest of like the Passion and Warfare tour. It's like his 25th anniversary. Like just come up for the last like three or four shows or something. And... <laughs> The only problem was it was like in like, uh, like in four, like five days. So I didn't have a band. I was still like very much playing on the street. I was like, oh my God, like I don't have a band. <laughs> so like I just got, grabbed a bunch of people. Like, no, I grabbed like friends from high school. We're like, let's learn these songs. Like power drilled them and drove up in like a tiny uh, sedan up to Utah for the first one. We just played, the, we played one show and then he's like, all right, you were good enough. Finish the rest of the tour. And we're like, yes. So ever oh, since, wow. yeah. dude, when you get something like that for your resume, you're like, you could just send it in and like, yeah. <laughs> you're legit now. He legitimized you. Yeah. After that, I got That's like awesome. opening for Lynch Mob and like, I would, I did like a one-off for Living Color at, in Arizona. <laughs> and then like, it just, all, it's all relationships from there. They're like, I remember this kid. Let's have him mm-hmm. on the tour or let's do this. And Ted's people kind of knew Steve's people. They were, I was like recommended by them. So it's just. At that point, it's like a little snowball thing. I was so fortunate. And so I have to hand it to Steve. He And and he paid me. It's like, dude, you're doing me the biggest favor of my career. But he still gave me like money at the end of the show. I'm like, dude, like you don't, you don't have to do that. Like, what the hell? It was so cool. <laughs> but that might have been the biggest lesson he taught you. You, per, you performed a service. Like you get paid for that. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is good. What a great story, though. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I'm really sure. Cool. I, I mean, I could tell just in, you know, our 30 minutes talking with you, too. Uh, I, I can tell you're a personality that people like to be in the company of. So oh, I'm yeah. sure, oh, that, you know. Thanks, infectious. Man. Yeah. Thank so you, So I'm man. sure that has a lot to do with it, too. And that kind of brings me to my next question. It looks like, uh, you know, as I was floating through the Internet and doing my Derek Day research, it looks like you've got a a, a pretty strong friendship with vernon reed yes absolutely he is like a kindred spirit i love vernon (laughs) absolutely we wrote click on me together um really yeah yeah he wrote it and he we wrote it together and he produced it and um like it was another thing i was kind of pestering him after the tour i was like please can i come over your like house can i visit you in new york and try to write music with you and he was like all right he he's the busiest guitar player i've like ever met so He's like the only minute he had was like Christmas vacation. So like literally the ball dropped. It was like January 1st, 2018. And I, I took a red eye at like 3 a.m. 
And I landed in Staten Island or in New York and took a ship to Staten Island and like slept for a couple hours, 8 a.m., woke up in the morning and started riding with Vernon like like five, no, like eight hour days for like four or five days or something in this blizzard. And we wrote Click On Me and a bunch of other tunes. But that was the one that really stuck. And uh, and yeah, he just, he was so cool. He had me over his house. He gave me like lunch and like, he like gave me, he saw that I, I'm an LA boy. So I have like these terrible, like rip, my shoes are just torn Converse, but it was snowing. <laughs> it's like three feet of snow. And he looked at me. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to work. That's not working. He like threw boots at me. Like, just take these. He gave me his boots. I'm like, damn, dude. So sick. So yeah, we've become really good friends. And and we, yeah, we wrote yeah. that song. That song came about too. Like he was like, he's, it was one of the first things we worked on. He's like, what do you want to work on? Like, what, what's in your mind right now? And I'm like, well, I'm looking at all these people on their phones. Like we're all like disengaged. We're disconnected. And it's like really annoying me. In fact, I was just in a relationship that just ended that had a lot to do with looking into each other's phones and all that stuff and just, ugh. And he's like, that's crazy. Like I, I'm thinking the exact same thing where like in this new place, that's not really a place. It's a place to be, but it's not really a place. And it's, um, yeah, we just kind of conversated about that. We're both huge Star Wars fans and sci-fi fans. And um, so we just talked about technology and, it just snowballed into click on me. Well, let's All listen right. to click on me. Yes. Heck yeah. Let's do it. I'm telling you, man. It's just so how, how so much did Vernon influence the uh, intro on that song? Any the intro? No, I I brought mo- almost all the instrumentation, like all the melody, 
And, um, and, but he really chiseled it though. Like he, so I remember bringing that little guitar intro and he had to kind of cut some parts out of it to make it. So I don't know. I, it's so weird. Like it's, it was when you're writing with someone like that, it's like, you don't even keep track of what's going on. You're like, whoa, this is just an experience. And so, yeah. Mm. Uh, but he had so much to do with like also more other melodies and genius lyrics. Oh my God. Vernon, see like, I went like, how did no place become the place to be? That's Vernon Reed oh, right there. I'm like, line. Jesus. That's a Vernon line. That's a yeah, Vernon that's a line, line, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> the whole thing's killer. I mean, it's the concept of it from the concept uh, to Another the completion. Another good video too. Phenomenal video. Yeah. I mean, it's just very poignant. With the times, especially so, I freaking love it, man. That's so, awesome. <laughs> so, Derek, do you get any guitar lessons in this relationship? <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Derek needs guitar lessons, man. <laughs> yeah, man. so who's a better guitar player? You're Vernon. God, Vernon will like, like stab me in the heart with a guitar. He's so, I mean, to me, he's like freaking God, man. He's like, oh, he is. He's just unbelievable. I, yeah. I, the best part about opening up for them on tour was seeing them play these brand new songs. They had their Shade album Ooh. released that year, 2017. Mm. And it's super fresh. It's like, there's like mad like synth in there. And it's like really cool, like really produced, really awesome. And like, um, but just watching him like really get in the zone. Each player has their own like solo section. So like, mm. he just like freaking. He's like a melodic, like, earthquake. It's crazy. When you go and had the opportunity to to play with some of these unbelievable musicians, do you consider yourself a student on some of these nights and just watch and go just learn? Absolutely. Or even if I, especially those nights, like, I have to, like, I just have to, like, spend at least some amount of time. I have to be at the merch booth, too, but I also have to, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really try to, like, I take as much time as I can just observing and seeing how they do things. It's always like a really dialed in, tuned in show. And like, but especially when I speak with them on the phone, sometimes I just have a quick call with Vernon or Vire or someone like just, we just have a quick com combo about whatever. Um, and that's when I really find it to be a learning experience, a time where not to write it down on notepad or anything, but just mm -hmm. to really be present and listen to the man speaking. Cause it's just, it's just Jedi master stuff. So when did Fender pick you up? How did that how did that come about? I'm ready for a Derek Day Fender, man. I'm ready. It's gonna happen, Derek. It's gonna happen. Someday, man. It's Someday. gonna happen, Derek. Yep. It's gonna be it's totally gonna happen. I think that one of it has to have a whammy bar and it'll probably be intentionally out of tune for the half the show. And then that'll be the <laughs> Fender Derek Day. <laughs> Um, That's hilarious. Not that I ha want it to be that way, but it just has to be. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, but man, oh man. So Fender picked, so I did the Nuge tour and then like, no, you know what happened? Okay. So we bumped into like the president of Fender. Uh, like I say, like you're here in LA, you just bump into people and we had a CD on us. Me and my manager were like, look, look at this. And so we gave him a CD and, um, uh, oh no, actually my manager just happened to be in like an Uber with him and like take the CD. Boom. Like he was like, dope, this is great. Like we'll just be in touch. And everyone's in touch until you really come back immediately with something sick. So we were like, hey, remember you said we'd be in touch? Well, next week we're going on a Nugent tour. And he was like, okay, that's good. Do the Nugent tour and then we'll be in touch. 
We're like, okay, okay. Playing hardball, playing hardball. Literally a week <laughs> after I come back, it was like about a month and a half long tour. Or it was like throughout the summer, like different spots. But when we're completely done with that tour, like just about a week later, we got news that we're going with Living Color in a week. So we're just like, oh my God, like we barely had time to like uh, settle back at home. But then we hit them up. We're like, hey, remember to hit you back up? We did. Now we are. And now we're going on another tour and you're like, oh, okay, so you got some things going on. All right, take this amp, take these guitars, you need some cables, you need all these strings. Uh, and we're uh, like, whoa, this is cool. It was like amazing. It was like 2017, <laughs> fall of 2017. I was like, just a, a kid, like, what? I'm getting free things? I can't believe it. So <laughs> it was just mind boggling. <laughs> and it's just kind of been an, un, you know... Uh, undisputed kind of uh, endorsement sponsorship, but I guess I am technically endorsed by them, but we just have a great relationship and I, I do things for them, make videos and all sorts of stuff. Hey man, the Derek Day Fender. What do you want, a Strat or Telecaster? What do you, what do you want? Uh, I want, what would be your, oh wait, are you asking me or are you asking? Uh, yeah, man, Brad? what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your custom? I, I play the Strat all day, but I want to do something like, Fender's gonna be pissed, but I want to do like a like a freaking telly with a whammy bar with like a kill switch on it and like a Ooh. and like some weird some weird color like a random weird color maybe a pastel color Ooh. I don't know. Dude, that sounds killer with the kill switch too. Yeah, yeah. maybe stacked humbuckers like a a strong like a real strong keep like the neck pickup the same but keep the bridge like us like a heavy snarling pickup, something like really like, bam. Yeah, I'm in. I'll, yeah. buy, I'll buy the first run. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, let's work it. Let's get it. Let's talk. Let's call Fender. Yeah. Come and need some Derek Day Fenders. We know what we want. Or we, we could be your <laughs> test guys, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's listen to another one. I got face, face me ready to go. We set that one up for us, Derek. Oh, sure. Yeah, I wrote that one with a friend of mine, Debbie Holiday. She's an incredible singer-songwriter here in Los Angeles. And um, uh, yeah, just that was another one actually kind of similar to where look where people constantly look down at their phones or, you know, it was it was actually more of an inspiration to write for the planet. We we're very like upset at all all that was going on with just nature and like Amazon burning down and like all these sorts of really how we treat the planet in general with pollution. And so it was kind of like, uh, we want to kind of talk about that and just mention like we should look at ourselves because that's the, that's the start to the solution of fixing the planet. But also, um, just face me, I'm in, right in front of you. Like, stop looking down, look up, look at me. Let's communicate more. Let's just kind of, you know, go, you know, be more real, be human and help each other kind of thing. Sweet. Cool. All right, let's face listen. me. Face me. Will I be tomorrow? The cancer of today. Make it worth the hours and stop. Break the game of power. Lights out. 
<laughs> singing those uh, instrumentals. I'm telling you, man. I'm, gonna start, I'm not singing vocal lines anymore. I'm just going to sing instrumentals. But if you'll help me do that. <laughs> yeah. It's so that's, good, man. That's Thanks, guys. That really means the world. Dan. It's so good, man. I, I just, I can't, I can't get enough. I can't wait. So we always ask this question considering, but I mean, man, it, you've had a ton going on in the past with Steve Vai. We haven't gotten into going to NAM and, and doing performances at NAM and the Sundance Film Festival and all the other things that, that, that you've done. But where were you at when all this COVID hit and shut you down? Because it, I, I can't think of that anybody would have had more momentum going than you had when you just kind of had to stop. Right. I know. It was a very abrupt stop. Um, man, we were just like starting to get like momentum. So I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of businesses, especially like in any industry, were just like, oh man, we're just starting to get like, 2019 was a pretty good year for like just getting momentum actually. Now that I think about it. But, um, um, but yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was at, uh, I was like in the, I was in a forest somewhere. I was like in an RV, like just taking a couple of, uh, like a week off when it was like March 16th. And I was like, oh man, I was like hearing on the radio, like, wait, what? Like this, all this stuff is going down, but I was like trapped in the wilderness, just like, <laughs> uh, just like trying to get away for a minute, just cause we just did Nam and we, right after Nam, we like filmed like a bunch of videos and recorded a bunch of songs. And like, I was just like, ah, so, I mean, that happened. Like, that's where I was physically, emo like career wise. I mean, I was just kind of like doing anything and everything. I, you know, I was working with, I was in this project or I am in this project uh, called Think X. And that's what Scott Page from Pink Floyd um, and um, the sax player and the, Steve Perkins from Jane's Addiction and Kenny Olsen from Kid Rock, Norwood Fisher from Fishbone. We had this band where we were like, we're just booking gigs and we're like starting to record, record a lot of stuff, placements, TV stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really cool. And we played at NAMM and we did all this stuff the year prior, just playing a bunch of gigs. We went to Budapest together and we like played a 60,000 plus people festival. It was like so cool. And like all that stuff was lined up. We were going to go to Jazz Fest, Monterey, Pop and everything. Like boom, boom, boom. And then of course it happened. So, but I was just away. I was just in the forest trying to like forget about it for just a week and a half. And then, and I ended up staying out longer because I didn't want to like go into town yet. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And there's no toilet paper for a while. It was like, it was ridiculous. So I don't know if that answers the question, but I was definitely like, oh man, where, at, where, who am I right now? I imagine you guys are still in communication, all that stuff. But what, what did it, what have you been doing? Have you been writing or just kind of hunkering down? I mean, obviously you haven't been doing any shows or anything. Right. I started off doing a bunch of like um, live streams, but I didn't really feel it. Um, but I, I like, basically wrote an entire album top to bottom with with my bandmates and with different writers uh you know man i, I feel like i'm just name dropping this entire freaking thing <laughs> but we love, we love it yeah <laughs> I, mean, I might as well there's like drop them the there's keith nelson he's like he's a guy from he his band is buck cherry he like started and wrote mm -hmm. all the music for buck cherry and um him with todd but we wrote with keith nelson justin hawkins from the darkness and like we're just writing with all these genius producers and uh, just trying to get an album together. And we literally just finished that album. So we're 
mixing the last two songs and that that album's going to be out just in a well actually we don't know when it's going to be out but we have it pretty much ready to go so just writing all year but as well as writing other sorts of things like for different projects working with different guys like Harry Waters uh he's the son of Roger Waters we had a couple things going on and just kind of here in LA you just if you just you just have to just network and you get to meet the coolest people and you just do little collaborations. So just making videos and just writing and actually it's kind of cool to also put up a few shelves here at home, clean the garage, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> have time to do that finally. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, just kind of look at yourself. Look what's going on. You shared with us that you have a single coming out on the 25th, correct? Yeah, yes, yes. We get to debut it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I love it. So is this a part of that project of the the album that doesn't have a release date yet? No, this was actually like recorded early 2019. I do this thing where I record songs and I hold it for like two years. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> <laughs> this is just something I needed to do. But we did just record the music video for it, and um, uh, yeah, it was just something I wrote. I mentioned this was a song I like wrote like a whole melodies and everything with it, just with one harmonica while driving to like Lancaster and stuff. And it was just something that was like super freeform writing. I, it's barely edited. It's just super like, you know, just like whatever you hear is like the first take. And then um, not of recording, just of its writing. And then of course we went in the studio. We played it a bunch, went in the studio and yeah. Do you have your harmonica there with you? Do I? Let me see. Is it, is it within arm reach? It might be. Yeah, actually. Let me see this. Uh-oh. How'd you do right? Now you got to show us yeah, how you wrote it. Yeah, show us how you wrote that. <laughs> and, and, and the song title is what? Uh, it's called Fine Lines. Okay. Fine Lines. This is... Oh, wow. No way. It's like right behind me. Okay, it's the well... the right key and everything? I believe so. I think if it's... Let me... What's this guy here? Yep. I mean, um, basically, this one was, uh, this is, you know, you hear like a lot of my songs have co-writes. I write, I usually try to write with way more experienced people just because they're, they're real and they keep me in check. And, uh, but this was actually one that I wrote entirely top to bottom. And, um, uh, I don't know, I was like driving down in a, in a big van that was, that always had car troubles and, uh, uh, I was on my way to a writing session, but I left my guitar at home and I was like, damn it, man. Like, luckily they had guitars there, but it's just like, I think I was in that mental state where kind of similar to another day, I was just fatigued and unsure what I was doing, who I'm writing with, where I'm going. I wasn't sure if the person I was writing with at that point, the collaborations I was doing. And, um, but this is like a really easy harmonica line. It's just up and down. No, just blowing out. just that basic thing and then i would just kind of like <laughs> keep i was like that's pretty cool it's super simple and um i was also i'm also i was like raised off of johnny cash and i love johnny and one of my favorite songs is orange blossom special and he does that with like two harmonicas he's like <laughs> and then a different key and then goes back so i think i was kind of like channeling that and this song nods to johnny like about three times 
there's a lyric, well, there's that harmonica, but then there's a lyric that I say, cry, 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 nods to him there. The whole thing, fine lines at the very end, you'll hear it. It's like, I walk them alone. I walk the line alone kind of thing. It's in the background, uh, tucked in the back. And um, uh, so I just like wanted, and even in the video, I do, I dress like Johnny and I try to like nod to him on a couple, on train tracks because I wanted it to sound like a train. Johnny's all about trains. And, um, but yeah, I think I was just kind of like, after doing that, I started singing like, I failed you now. Could not hold it in. I couldn't hold out. Well, sometimes I feel when I feel it now. It feels like I'm never coming down. And maybe I went home and then just started. You thought you wept. What you get from there? More reason to cry, cry, cry. Yeah. Fall the lines. They never find. I never knew what you needed from me now. That's pretty much like fine lines. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, man. That's it. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we're gonna go out That's and with that song. But before we do that, Derek, for our listeners that that want to stay in touch, follow you, reach out to you on socials, where can they do that? <laughs> Sorry, I just <coughs> took some of that check right now. Like, whoa, <laughs> 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 man. Woo! All right, it's 4.34 p.m. You can find Derek Day right now, and that's PST. <laughs> you can find me at uh, www.derekdaymusic.com, and all, all of there is all my socials. It's pretty much at Derek Day Music. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook.com slash Derek Day Music, blah, 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 all that sort of thing. I'm on YouTube. There's a lot of videos of, like you guys say, of me on the street. I don't post those. That's someone else, but you can still watch them, and... Uh, um, uh, yeah, check out Click On Me. It was released this past year. When was it released? I don't know. It was released in, in the <laughs> last couple months. And we'll have a new single out in a, like two weeks or so. Right now. We're getting right ready now. to debut it, man. Right yeah. now. It's going to be February 25th. So you released yeah. it on the 25th, and this podcast is out on the 26th. Yep. Oh, yep. killer. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Yep. So, so, We're going to play Fine Lines. Derek, man, thank you for coming on. We'll have to do it again sometime. Oh, I had such a blast. Thank you guys so much. I'm down anytime. Awesome. Awesome, brother. Thank All you. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.